Today, I'd like to talk about prayer. Does prayer work? When your team is playing my team and you're praying that your team wins and I'm praying that my team wins, what is God thinking? What is he going to do? Whose prayer will he answer? Oh, that has to be stressful. No, for real, on a serious note, should we pray? How should we pray? What does the Bible say about prayer? What do you think about prayer? What's been your experience in regards to prayer? Why do some people seemingly get the answers to their prayer while others do not? Let's talk about it. Hello and happy day. It's Timmy Gibson here for the Timmy Gibson Show. I'm excited today to talk about prayer. Now, I'm just going to forewarn you, if you are an evangelical Christian or uh, hyper-religious, I'm probably going <laughs> to, I'm going to, this is not your classic uh, Bible teaching by any stretch on the subject of prayer. It's a very honest discourse or a very honest uh, discussion, I guess, a, a one-way discussion at this point. Um on the subject of prayer, um, like I said, this is this is definitely not a classic uh, sermon, if you will, <laughs> on the subject of prayer. <laughs> if this is your first time to ever listen to me, I would highly encourage you to go and listen to my other podcast that explain that I'm a recovering evangelical pastor of 30 years and on an entirely different journey uh, at this point. Uh, but again, not not atheist, but uh, definitely not traditional Christian. So uh, yeah, let's 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 talk about prayer. Questions that that I hope to possibly address in in this episode is, the whole concept of prayer, you know, should we pray? Why should we pray? What, what what should we pray for? How should we pray? And are there ways of prayer that, you know, make prayer more effective, which would mean, you know, that God would actually listen and give you what you want? <laughs> well, you know, what are the what are the possible hindrances to prayer? You know, why, why, why? And does it work? I think that's the ultimate question probably of the hours. Does prayer work? Is prayer effective? You know, does it make a difference? And, you know, yeah, so we'll we'll talk about that. You know, does it make a difference? I don't know if it makes the difference like some people think it makes the difference, right? Um, what I was taught all my life, and now as a 51-year-old middle-aged man, um... I would, if I'm honest, I would have to say I don't think it works like I was taught. And it goes back to the whole thing that I even mentioned at the beginning of this uh, episode is I'm here in Kansas City. And so obviously when the Chiefs are playing, I'm rooting for the Chiefs, which of course the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year. Uh, that's awesome, right? I mean, that's awesome. I said last year. Is that this year? Yeah, it's actually they actually officially won this year, right? Yeah, 2020. Anyway, you know, right, Kansas City, or at least those that are Kansas City Chiefs fans, were of course rooting for the Chiefs, which would mean that some people were actually praying for the Chiefs. <laughs> and of course, we got the answer to our prayer. God hurt. We're we are God's favorite. <laughs> God, God gave the victory to the chiefs. Um, yeah, no, uh, clearly uh, not. I don't, well, not only do I not think uh, about this in this way, but I would be willing to stake about everything on the fact that God had absolutely nothing to do with the chiefs winning the Super Bowl. Nothing. God was 100% uninvolved. 
<laughs> and and I'm amused by I'm amused by and was amused by all the pastors and the churches that you know were giving God credit for the Super Bowl victory. How idiotic. How completely nuts that is to to say to implicate to even hint at the idea that God had anything to do with the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. It, it, it's, it's, it's baffling to me, honestly. That completely baffles my mind. The credit for the win for the Super Bowl for the Chiefs is the coaching and the staff and the defense, defense, the offense, right? The quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's where the credit needs to go to the win, to the Super Bowl win. God doesn't get credit for that. So, okay, I, I'm off my little hobby horse there. So I, I just wanted to make sure that I was super clear that, that this is not going to be a sermon by any stretch on prayer, but uh, it, it's going to be, I think a value. I think it's things to consider. Um, genuinely, I, I really do. I, I'm I'm convinced that uh, the things that that we'll talk about in this particular episode will be thought provoking. Um, and honestly, if if nothing else, uh, at least um, give you something to consider. So, okay, when we think about prayer, yeah, there's th- there's several things to think about. One where do we go for the answers about prayer, right? I mean, all religions all around the world teach, I I believe, from what little I know about all the other religions of the world, is that prayer is something that is considered a religious practice. And I know within the religion that I was raised in, which was Christianity, it was a, it was a huge part of of your faith. Uh, it was a huge, it played a huge, you know, what they said, it played a huge role in your quote unquote relationship with God. It was a, it's a form of communication. And I've heard people say this, and I think it's pretty accurate that prayer is, is speaking or asking God for things and meditation is, is listening and I think both of those are important. You know, I, I I do think there is value in prayer. So let me get that let me get that out of the out of the closet here. I, I think there's value in prayer. Again, I just don't think it's valuable in the in the way that I was taught that it was valuable, meaning that I could change God's mind through prayer. Now I know this flies in the face of various verses that people within the Christian world like to reflect on. And I think it's no different than how we reflect on prayer today, but in the Bible, there are stories of people praying and God seeming to move on their behalf. But let's just be honest. I would imagine everyone listening to me right now, and if this podcast were listened by the entire world, which maybe it will, everyone that is hearing me talk right now for every person that says prayer works, there's the, another person that says it, it doesn't. Why is that? Because everyone has prayed at some time or another in their life and have asked God for the win. Ask God to help them pass the test. Ask God to get that house, to get that girl, to get that boy, to get that car, to get that gift, to get the da, 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 da. Like everybody has prayed at some point or another. And when people get what they pray for, which the law of averages, I mean, that's going to happen. They think God has answered their prayer and has given them what they asked for. But for every time that happens, people pray for things and don't get what they ask for. Case in point, the Chiefs Super Bowl game. And at this point, my mind, I can't even, I don't even know who we played. Was it San Francisco? I can't remember who we played at the Super Bowl. 
I could probably look it up real quick, but it doesn't really matter. They played who they played and their prayers weren't answered. I mean, if, if you go on that, if you go on that, that thought, right. Kansas city got what we wanted, what we prayed for. And the other team and the other city that was praying for, they didn't, they didn't get what they asked for. For every person that prays to get the job, there's someone that prayed to get the job who didn't get the job. And then this can go even deeper and more heartbreaking are the stories of people that prayed that they wouldn't die and then they didn't die. But then other people's pray, other people prayed that they wouldn't die and they did die. And this gets really touchy, especially when you get into praying for your children, pleading with God, pleading with God to heal your child. And if it happens that they do recover, we give God all the credit. If they don't recover, it, it goes different ways. You know, being, being an evangelical, a former evangelical pastor for some 30 years, I, you know, sadly can just tell you that not everybody I prayed for got what we were praying for. You know, I did funerals of children and it broke my heart. I prayed, pleaded, begged that God would hear the cries of the family, begged God to, to not allow this child to die or for this or for that. Sometimes when we think about prayer, you know, it's trivial stuff like a chief's win for the Super Bowl. Who gives a shit about that? Right. I mean, honestly, who gives a rip whether someone wins a game or loses a game? Now, I know to a lot of people, it's important. Uh, it, to me, it is not important. Important in the sense of, yes, entertainment, it's fun, it's all that, great, whatever. But in the scope of all of life, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Now, for all you people out there, I'm not against sports. I played football, I played tennis, I still play tennis played baseball for seven years. I, I love sports. It's a great thing. I just don't think it's serious when I consider life and death and so on. So prayer, let me just give you a couple, a few of my thoughts, and then we'll just again, ponder and put pontificate, I guess, even though the word pontificate has a snooty kind of a definition. Um, I don't think that's how we're talking today, but <laughs> I, I just like that word pontificate. It just has a, it has a ring to it, but it has a, it's also a kind of an arrogance. So I don't think that's what, what, what I'm doing today is pontificating, but rather, uh, sharing, sharing is caring. So should we pray? I say yes. Okay. I say yes. You might be thinking, Timmy, but there is, what if there is no God? There is no God. Okay. I, I, I think prayer is, regardless of whether there is a God or not, I feel that prayer is important because I have pretty much, and I think this is true. If I listen back at old te old sermons that I had taught over the years, I've kind of always felt that prayer was really more about me than it was about God. I, I've always felt that prayer was more of an adjustment for me to align myself with God or the universe or with whatever. That that prayer was more the adjustment within myself than it was me affecting and, and moving the hand of God by my words. I just don't view it that way. I don't view prayer as, hey, God's up in heaven. I'm asking him for something. So he looks down and goes, yeah, you know what? I'm going to give them that. I, I just, I don't believe it works that way. So should we pray? I say, yes. What's prayer for? I think it's for us. I think it's more of an, of, of a help to us and to help us align ourselves with something greater, which might be the divine.
Another question is, what should we pray for? Well, I mean, according to the Bible, uh, in Philippians 4, 6, it says that we shouldn't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, giving us a little insight into prayer, let our requests be made known to God. So should we pray? Yeah. About what? Everything. But don't be anxious about anything. But when we pray, we should also be offering thanks. Again, I don't believe that God is in heaven saying, hey, you better say thank you. Okay. I, I think, again, I think this is about us. I think that having an attitude of gratitude and giving thanks to God or to the universe or to the powers that be are simply good for us. Not only does it, it make us feel good to be thankful, right? Whether God actually hears us giving him thanks or showing any kind of appreciation for this supreme being. I think the idea of being thankful is key and is critical in this idea of prayer. So should we pray? What should we pray for? Yes, we should pray. And what should we pray for? Everything. Everything. Now, one of the things, again, that that has been disconcerting, I think, and what would lead most people to not pray is if they were taught like I was, which I think is an incorrect teaching. But if, if, if people were taught like I was, which is I pray for what I want, and when I don't get it, you get discouraged, right? You, you, again, you pray for that job, you don't get it. You, you pray for the person to be healthy and, and, what, and, and they don't, they die. And so you get discouraged. And then you think prayer doesn't work. Well, prayer does work, but it doesn't work like you think it does. I don't believe prayer changes God. I don't believe it can change things per se in the universe outside of what I would consider the principles of what you believe, what you say. It, it goes back to that. Uh, there's another verse in the Bible that talks about that we should seek I think it's it's in Luke. It says that we should ask and it'll be given unto us. We should seek and it'll be found and we should knock and then that door will be opened. I mean, it's 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 a principle of the pursuit. Is that is this making sense? In other words, I don't think that God is in heaven waiting for our request for the for to then activate. I I, I don't I I don't view God in that way anymore. And so I have come to a profound understanding for myself and within to realize what, what I believe prayer really is, you know, what, what prayer really is. It's, it's, uh, it's us aligning with the divine rather than the divine aligning with us. That's my, that's my thought. So another question, and I'm going to come back around to that. What, how often should we pray? That's another question that, that people talk about. You know, the, the Bible talks about pray without ceasing. You know, in other words, we should just continually be in an attitude of, of prayer. And I think when I equate that with being, you know, consciously aware or, or being um, alive within and present, I think prayer is powerful in that sense of being a person that lives consciously. I think so much of the time we live unconsciously. Does that make sense? Uh, I'm going to take a drink of my coffee. Hold on. <laughs> yes. Um. I believe that most of us at, unfortunately live unconscious lives. We, we don't give thought to things that we should. So what I think is such a powerful piece of prayer is that it makes us 
live more consciously. You know, we're consciously aware of the situation that we find ourselves in, whether it's good or it's bad. It creates a presence where we're present in a situation. You know, so I, I really am um, a, a proponent of prayer. Uh, I, I think because it's it's a spiritual practice, I think that, again, makes us conscious and it helps us to be present in the moment and um, keeps us, uh, can keep us grounded, you know? Um, and I know within, you know, so a little bit more about my background for those, again, if you've listened to all my other episodes, you, you're getting a sense of kind of my story. Another level of my story is I had mentioned that I was, you know, evangelical, Pentecostal. Um, but then there was a, a stint of time where I got amongst the Word of Faith movement, that, which is AKA the charismatic movement. And this was even a stretch for me coming out of a Pentecostal movement, which was was one level, but you get into the charismatic Word of Faith movement and, and you're going to a whole nother level of specific teaching. And one of the things that were, well, uh, in fact, this verse that I'm going to read is the verse, like this is the Bible verse of the charismatic word of faith movement. And it's something that Jesus said, and it's found in Mark, the book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 24. And it says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you receive it and it will be yours. Now there's a lot of controversy around that particular uh, Bible verse and not just amongst those that you know might consider themselves anti-religious or <laughs> atheist or agnostic or whatever, or even other faiths, but even within the Christian circles, that verse, which is again, the words of Jesus, and I, I think he was talking to his disciples in regards to a tree that he had, a fig tree that they passed by and he went to grab fruit from it. There was no fruit from it. And so he cursed the fig tree and then they walked back by the next day and that fig tree had withered up and died. And then Jesus said, you know, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you receive it and you'll have it. And so I'll be honest, there, there's, there's, there are principles within that verse, those words of Jesus. There are principles within that, within those words that do ring true with me to a certain extent, but where it gets extremely toxic and unhealthy, and in my opinion, becomes an, a, a, a false teaching, if you will, is that there's always an escape goat. In other words, if you pray for something and you believe that you receive it, it'll be yours. So what they would do is if you did pray for something and you didn't get it, then you obviously weren't doing it correctly. And the phrase that you would often hear is they must, they must not have had enough faith. Because they taught that prayer was effective only when in faith, meaning when you believe that you receive it, then you'll get it. But the power was in the believing it before you received it. So again, I believe that there is an element, there's some elements of, of there's a thread of truth in that concept, I do believe. You know, if you think you can't or you think you can, you're right. So I, I think that there are some some powerful lessons for us to learn from what Jesus said there. That when we do pray or when we when we do ask for something, that we believe that we already have it. Though are we in alignment with the universe? You know, are we in alignment with the divine? Are we in alignment with what we really, really want or really, really should have? 
and that's the mystery. That's the mystery, right? That's the mystery, right? We we pray all the time, and sometimes we get what we want. And then you know the other thing that pastors always would say is, "Well, God knew better. He knew that you know you were asking for that, but He knew that you shouldn't have it, and so He didn't give it to you." <laughs> and I just find that so. To me, that's just so silly because I don't think God gives a shit about who wins the Super Bowl or who wins the 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 World Series or who if you get that damn job or not. Like I don't think God gives a rat's ass about that kind of stuff. Now I know within the Christian circles, you know, we would always teach a very personal God. And on one hand, I, I, I think God is within us all. And so, yes, he's personal because he's within us all. And we're all a part of God in that way. So, I mean, <laughs> but I don't think God as like an entity, as a supreme being, it cares about some of this stuff. I just, outside of, I think that, do, so do I think God cares? Well, I think God cares. Yes, I think God cares about what really matters in life. Uh, you know, I, I, I think he really does or she really does care, but not in the same way that when we say care or in, within the same context or emotion that we say care. Because here's the, let's just be honest. Okay. Can we just get the elephant out of the room here or get the elephant or expose the elephant in the room? Does God care about the starving children in Africa? Well, he sh he or she sure should care, right? We would always say, "Well, God cares what cares about what we care about." What <laughs> really? Well, I cared about this person not dying at, at, as a child, and did God not care then because he didn't or she didn't heal him or make that person better and take that. Right. I, you know, I did a, a sermon series years ago and a lot of the things that I had taught through my Christian career, through my evangelical Christian pastoral career, some of the principles I still resonate with, you know, there's, there's some of the principles, some of the ideas, especially the, when we talk about grace and mercy and kindness and generosity and charity and, and love and like all that stuff. I, I, and I say this often, nearly almost every podcast. Do I say this, that stuff's dope. <laughs> like I, the, the teachings of Jesus, they're legit. They're legit. And I am trying, right. And, and I fail many, many, many times, but I'm trying to live out those teachings, you know, trying to be somebody that lives honestly and openly. I don't always do it. Okay. So when I say that, you know, I, 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 I could sound like a hypocrite, right. To some, because I, I don't always live that way, but I want to, right. I, I want to live in such a way that brings peace and joy and comfort to people. Well, of course. I mean, that's, that's what I want. So, but we're going to take a break here in just a minute and I'll come back and we'll continue to pontificate this idea of prayer. So when I think of, that teaching, that word of faith teaching, it, that it was, you know, if you got what you prayed for, you must have had enough faith and God gives it to you. And if you did pray for that thing and you didn't get it, then then uh, I could just chalk that up to apparently you didn't have enough faith. So in other words, it's, it's your fault whether you get it or not. Were you, were you in alignment? Were you in faith? And, the, you know, and that's a hard thing to argue with, right? Because that, that, that's just a hard, that's, it's, it's, it's like grasping the wind. It's, it's something that's hard to, to identify because how are we really to know if someone really was in faith? Well, to me, it's 
when they get what they prayed for, then clearly they had faith. Okay. Well, we know that's bullshit. Like we know that's not true. I've known of atheists who have got the answer to their not prayer, but their desire, their wishes, which is a prayer. A prayer is a wish. It's a hope. That's what a prayer is. That's all a prayer is. A prayer is typically me asking God for what I wish or hope for or how I want it to go. So even as an atheist, they have wishes and hopes and desires. And so when they get the answer to their hope or wish or quote unquote prayer, is that God just deciding that I'm going to give them what they want because I just decided to, even though they had no faith, that and more coming up next. So how to get your prayers answered, how to get what you want through prayer. I don't know if that's actually possible in the, in the sense of what Christianity or how Christianity teaches it in the sense of, I ask God for something and God then gives it to me. I think we see a pretty clear picture in the world. You know, again, I'm, I'm 51. I've been around long enough to have prayed many prayers, many, 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 many prayers. Uh, many of those were heartfelt, faith-filled, uh, eager, passionate, desperate prayers. And can clearly and honestly say that not all the things that I've asked for, desired, prayed for, even with faith, even with belief, even when I was convinced 100%, did it go the way I wanted it to go? Did I get what I wanted it to get? And when I even look at the world, I'm like, is prayer working? Really? Right? Some would say, yes, it's working for me. But then even those people have instances and occasions and things that go completely opposite from what you know they would have been praying for. Especially when it comes to the ultimate, the ultimate, which is death. The, 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 the number of prayer warriors or people who have prayed for things who then get cancer and die, um, a life cut short, well, God must have needed an angel in heaven. Okay, whatever you, whatever stupid, idiotic thing you want to say to justify the reality of what and how prayer even works, if, or if it even does work within that certain way that you think it works. Again, I, I would, I would. I would imagine that there are some of you hearing my voice right now and you're thinking, Timmy, prayer doesn't work at all, right? Some of you are thinking, ah, it works. Or some of you are like, I mean, who knows what you, what, what everybody's thinking that for every person out there, there's different thoughts, I'm sure, on the subject of prayer. But coming all the way back full circle, do I think prayer or do I think we should pray? And I say, yes. Yes, I think we should pray because I think prayer is a way to, again, live consciously. I think prayer is a way to be present. Prayer is a way of journaling to the divine. You know, journaling, like writing things down, like keeping a diary, is something that's important. I pray through my journal. I pray through my thoughts. I pray through my... Um, conversations with the universe or with God or, you know, with myself, you know, and I, I think those things, uh, depending on how you identify or how you define prayer, I, I guess makes, uh, makes a lot of difference, you know, but do I think that there is this divine being in heaven that 
listening listens to my individual prayer and then moves heaven and earth in order to give me what I desire or want, I just can't. I I, I just can't um, believe that in that way. Do I believe? that I can say and believe and confess and, and, you know, put things out in the universe and achieve great things. Yes, because I believe that prayer or meditation or any hope or wish is a way that we as humans align ourselves with the divine or with the universe or with God you know, whatever, whatever your definition is. So yes, prayer is powerful. It is, um, something we should do. It, it, it is effective in that way, but it's not in my opinion, it's not how we get the things that we want or how we get to move the hand of God. And, and when I say get what we want, it's not how we get what we want from this dude up in the sky that's praying that that girl will fall in love with me. And then God reaches down, touches her heart and leans it and turns it towards this guy. Why? Because he prayed that God would do that. I don't believe so. I don't believe so. So let's, let's, let's talk a, a few things. Let's talk about a few practical things. And 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 this 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 part of the episode is gonna, you know, this this could be accepted, I think, by Christians <laughs> in the larger context of of uh, what they already believe. And that is this: what are some hindrances to prayer? What are some hindrances? Well, I mean, going back to the verse I mentioned early on, Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything. I think being anxious or fearful undermines the power of prayer, the power of presence, the power of, of being conscious, because fear is, is fear and anxiety is very toxic. It's very, very, very toxic. And it, it definitely distracts us from, well, it definitely distracts us, in my opinion, from the divine. Fear and anxiety is clearly a roadblock to the divine. Another thing that I think can hinder our prayers, again, now within a different context, I, I don't believe this, what I'm going to say now Christians will align with this and say, yes, but, but what they are aligning with and, and what they are hearing from this verse and what I'm aligning with and what I hear from this verse is different. But it's it's found in James, the book of James, chapter 5, verse 16, and it says, therefore, confess your sins. Here's what I think about sins. One, of course, the Bible teaches this, where all of us are sinners, meaning all of us sin. All of us have sinned, will sin. It's part of the human condition. And when we sin, I believe, now this is just what I, how I translate this, okay? I believe the reason I think most all faiths or religions, you know, teach this kind of principle of, of, healthy living or right living or living, you know, trying not to sin, I guess. But but I, I don't even like that, actually. If I could delete that, I would. Uh, it's not about trying not to sin. Matter of fact, you try that, you're going to sin even more. But trying to live an open, honest, healthy life. So what what's the danger of sin? Well, I think because partly because of the culture that we live in, you know, we feel so much guilt and shame when we sin. But really, what is sin? It's really, within the Christian circles, we say it's when we miss the mark. But I would say it's, yes, but I would say it is an, it's an, it knocks us out of alignment with the divine and even with our true selves. So when we sin, there is this guilt and shame that comes in 
which it shouldn't, but it does. Right. What do we say? Guilt is I feel bad for what I did. Shame is I feel I'm bad. Shame is not good at all. Nothing about shame is good. Guilt is, you know, if you wrong someone, I would hope that we all would have a, a enough of a conscience to recognize that we did something uh, hurtful to someone and and be able to quote unquote confess that sin whether it be to god to the universe to yourself whatever and or that person if that is if that's a possibility if you can go to that person and apologize for your sin i think that helps to clear our conscience so when we do pray, there's nothing then blocking us from the divine. Nothing's blocking us. So when we sin or when we do something hurtful, we then block our own. We feel undeserving of quote unquote God's blessing because we have done something wrong. And so this is why I'm a proponent of confession. I think confession, I don't believe in, in heaven and hell and that, and, and I just don't believe in, in the concepts of heaven and hell like I used to. I'll probably do a podcast on this at some point or do an episode about heaven and hell, at least what I think about it. So I, I don't think sin is something that we try not to do so that we don't go to hell. I, I don't believe that. I think that we live our lives wholly, honestly, openly, as much as possible for the simple reason of being in alignment with the universe and, and being consciously present and feeling good about who we are and what we are. So I, I think a hindrance to prayer is unconfessed sin. Again, not that we need God to forgive us of our sins for us to be right. I'm talking more about forgiveness for ourselves, being, a, being able to let ourselves off the hook because when we wrong someone, part of the human condition for at least those that aren't sociopaths or psychopaths, you know, we, we feel bad, you know, I don't want to hurt someone and we've all done it, whether intentional, unintentional, uh, whether we, we've done it completely uh, unaware. Uh, uh, I know I have, I've, I, I can't say I've ever really hurt anybody in intentionally. Now I know that maybe someone has thought that it was intentional, but I know my heart and my heart is like, I don't want to hurt anybody ever. Uh, but clearly, right. Like even this, even me teaching this, right. My, to the chagrin of my parents, I no longer align with evangelical Christianity, which is what they completely align with. And so unintentionally, or maybe some would say intentionally, I am upsetting my parents, but it's, it's not about that. You know, you can't live your life. If you live your life in such a way where you try not to upset or to do what everyone, every, everyone else thinks you ought to do. Well, that's, that's the very definition of insanity. That's, that's actually absolutely craziness, craziness. You know, if my, if I want certain things for my kids, if I want them to do certain things and they do something different, there's no, like, yeah, they need to be free to do whatever the hell they want to do. I mean, who cares what your, what I think my kids need to do. They need to follow their own hearts and do what, what they feel like they should do. Not, not do what their parents think. Anyway. That's another subject. Uh, so I, I think one of the hindrances for for prayer uh, it would be unresolved um, issues, unresolved issues. As a matter of fact, and I, I didn't look this scripture up, um, but there's a there's a scripture um, that that talks about if you go to pray and you have ill will against anyone to, to get up from that place of prayer and, and go and, and write that wrong. In other words, go, go fix that, go take care of that. Um, 
and then your prayers can be heard. So I, I think that kind of goes with the confession. I think that kind of goes in alignment with that. But I, I would add this part to it, and that is forgiveness. I believe that that ill will, um, you know, bitterness, resentment, hate, and and holding a grudge against someone is one of the biggest barriers and hindrances to prayer being effective. Again, when I say prayer being effective, I'm not saying I'm praying for this and I get this. If I don't get it, then there's something in my life that's hindering. I I, I mean, that could be, I mean, that could be part of it, but I don't think ultimately it's that simple. I don't think that when we ask when we're seeking something, when we're wishing for something, there's so many things involved. There's so many, you know, are you aligning your every action with the pursuit of that or with, does that make sense? Like you, okay. Uh, let's see. How can I put this real natural? You could pray that you're going to be an NBA basketball star. You could wish that you could hope that you could desire that. Okay. And for some, very few, for some, they get there. They achieve it. And they always say, to God, all the glory. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I want to give God all the credit for me getting here. Shut up. Really? For real? Shut up. God didn't put you in that damn position of lead guard on the basketball squad. God didn't give you that position on that football team. Oh, my goodness gracious. It's ridiculous. Do you know how many people were praying? Praying, getting their church to pray, getting their friends to pray, getting their pastor to pray, <laughs> that they would get that. And they didn't get it. So, you know, those that do wind up getting to a place like that, seriously, shut up with the stupid God thing. Okay. For real. I mean, that just is asinine because. What you're saying to everybody is just keep praying and you'll get to have what I have or get to be where I am. No, they won't because it's not based upon prayer. That's not how you got there. You got to where you are because you're good at what you do because you can shoot a freaking basket anywhere on the court at on command. That's why, because you practiced hours and hours and hours and hours and hours every day to shoot or to throw or to swing that bat. That's why you are where you are. And, or you had natural skills and abilities and, and you had an aptitude or an aptitude, aptitude, whatever that word is for, you know, you were athletic. It's like, that's how you got to where you were. It wasn't some divine, <laughs> divine being that said, Oh, He's asking to be a pro athlete. So, bing, there you go. You're a pro athlete. <laughs> and here's how we know that that's not true. Like, we know that's not true because of all the other people that were praying the same prayer and they didn't get it. In fact, there are even some that not only prayed, but then put action behind the prayer and were shooting baskets every day, but they just didn't have it. They just didn't have it. You know, they just, they just weren't born with that particular ability. Um, so I, I really don't think it had much, if anything at all to do with your prayers. But again, when I think about prayer and what can hinder our prayers, and one of those things is, is doing things that are contrary to what we're praying for. For example, let's say if you're a young person listening to this, I, I think the the audience from this podcast is actually skewed more my age. But anyway, if you are younger and you have dreams, I would say that, you know, prayers and wishes and hopes. I'd say, no, keep having the prayers and the wishes and the hopes. Just align your every activity with that which you desire. Right. And then don't quote unquote sin to screw it all up. Right. In other words, live honestly, live openly, practice, work, pray, right, meditate. 
like be diligent, like do all that stuff and you'll have a better chance of achieving and getting your wish. There's so much more involved than simply prayer to this whole life. You, you really have to align yourself with your prayers. Again, and this is why I think prayer is important because prayer is how we align ourselves with the divine. The divine does not align herself with us. We align ourselves with the divine. So what else could be a hindrance um, in prayer? I think any kind of distractions, you know, anything that would take away from us focusing in on something and being able to uh, give your full and undivided attention to whatever it is that you desire. I, th I think that's an important piece and an important part of prayer. And another thing, there's another verse in Matthew chapter 18 that says, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am among them. I think in a, another part of prayer is to be in agreement and to find people to get in agreement with you. And this just goes back to a principle of friendships. You know, you want to know what someone's all about? Look at the five closest friends they have, right? You want to know where someone's going to be in their life? Look at who they hang around. I, I think this is an important piece. Again, not from just like, oh, if two of us ask God for something, then there's two people that God has to deal with. And so God's like, oh, man, I'm kind of outnumbered here. So here you go. No, no, that's not how it works. I don't think. I think that it, again, getting in agreement with someone is that's what that's about. It's about being in partnership in agreement. It's, it's, it's the collective, it's the power of two. It's the whole story of one Clydesdale horse can pull a thousand pounds. Two Clydesdale horses can pull 10,000 pounds. And I'm, I butchered that, but that, that concept is true. Like I've, I've heard that said before, and I, at least I think it's true. I read it on the internets in the World Wide webs. Um, but I, I think that's, that's a powerful uh, illustration of the, the power of unity, the power of partnership, the power of, of co a collective consciousness, right? So yes, you know, finding people to agree and to gather with you, I, I think is a, is a huge part of um, the power, if you will, of prayer. Uh, you know, one of the things I used to teach all the time, people ask me, you know, when should you pray? <laughs> there is no, there is no time. There's God doesn't have hours of operation. If you pray between 12 and noon or 12 and one, God's at lunch. So make sure you call him at one when he, you know, like really. Uh, so what time do you pray? Just whenever. Like what, like I would say, whenever you can find time, you know, whenever you can find the time, uh, for me personally, just my personal kind of prayer life is more of just a, a constantly whenever, just whenever I think about it, whenever it's on my mind. And so, uh, you know, taking that scripture that just, you know, never to cease praying to pray always or pray without ceasing, I think is how it goes. Yeah, yeah that, that that would be more, even though I do cease and don't pray all the time, for me, it's more just kind of in and out throughout the day. There, there's so many times I'm thinking and praying or my thoughts are and wishes and hopes are out there. And to me, you know, that's, um, that's, that, that's when, when to pray just whenever it doesn't matter. And so uh, I, I mentioned earlier about the, the word of faith movement, the, the charismatic movement that I came from that, you know, would say, you know, if you ask anything in, in faith, you'll get it. So if you don't get it, then clearly you didn't ask in, in faith. It's just like, <laughs> it's such an easy way to just to wash that away. That's such an easy way just to, you know, well, clearly, I mean, they got what they asked for. They, they were in faith, obviously. And then those that didn't, they just weren't, they weren't in faith. And it's just, that's easy. 
that's so that's so that's such that's such BS because I know personally, right, of people that that weren't in faith when they wished for something and they got it. Uh, I have an atheist friend that wished for this job, hoped for the for the job, and he got it. And of course, his joke is because he's atheist. He was like, "God heard my prayers." You know, he was being funny, and you know, and it made me laugh because I mean, you know, it's just it's funny. It, it is funny because he understands that he got the job because he interviewed for it and he did a good job apparently in the interview and was the right fit for the position and it had nothing to do with god he doesn't believe in god <laughs> and then some christians we like well god believes in him if <laughs> you say that wait that sounds familiar that's because it's from shawshank redemption one of the greatest movies ever shawshank redemption is literally one of the best movies ever made ever of all time i watch it every year and I, I think there's a there's a scene where the main character is talking to the old man and says, you know, he he'd given up hope on God. In other words, he was praying to get out. Of, he was wrongly accused, thrown into prison, wrong, wrongly. And oh no 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 no! I'm that was Shawshank Redemption. No 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 no. What's the name of the movie? The Count of Monte Cristo. That's right. That wasn't. Shawshank Redemption, which that is a great movie, one of the greatest of all time. Yes, The Count of Monte Cristo. It's in James Caviezel, or Jim Caviezel, uh, is wrongly convicted of a crime and is, I think, of being a traitor and thrown in prison forever. And in prison, he meets this old man. This old man trains him. And anyway, ultimately, Jim Caviezel, spoiler alert, escapes and gets revenge. But anyway, within that interaction with the old man, the old man says something about God and Jim Caviezel says, I don't believe in God. And then that old man says, but God believes in you. <laughs> Such a great line and a powerful line and, and a line that I do in a sense believe in because I do believe, I do believe there is a God and I do believe that God ultimately cares about his creation. Um, so align yourself with this God through prayer, I think, I believe, and teach. All right. So uh, the, the other verse, there's another verse, um, James 4, 3. It says, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. Um, I find that fascinating because, you know, how is that we ask wrongly? And according to the Bible, I guess it's when we act, ask not in faith. But even when we do ask in faith, does that mean we're going to get exactly what we ask for? I, I, I mean, I, no, clearly no. That's not how it works. I mean, that's just clear. Like we, it's clear in the world that not everybody gets what they ask for, even when they ask in faith. It's still an important practice, though. Does that make sense? Matthew 7, 7, ask, and it will be given unto you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. What a powerful, what a powerful verse, honestly. Asking is the prayer part, right? Seeking is your is the diligent work that you invest in it. Uh, knock is, uh, or seeking is the emotional part. Knocking is the physical part, right? So if you want to accomplish certain things in your life, yes, you should ask, and you should seek, and you should knock, you should pursue, and you should go for it. There's no way you're going to achieve anything if you don't do those things. If you don't ask, seek, and knock, you're not going to achieve that which you desire in life. So, yeah, that that principle right there, I'm 100% in agreement and alignment with that. Matter of fact, I, you know, I act like like I'm a judge of the Bible, what I'm in line with in the Bible and what I'm not. That, that's not it at all. The Bible is beyond me. It's an ancient it's an ancient, you know, it's an ancient book uh, written by sages of old and their experiences with God and what they thought this and that and the other. And, and I do not claim to have any authority beyond or above or even equal to the scripture. Uh, but I sure in the world can tell you what I think and how I interpret and how I understand things within its pages, just like you can. All right. So in closing, um, yeah, I think that's probably a good place to, to end. I think that's, um, 
Yeah, I mean, this is a topic that we could probably talk about for hours and hours and hours, I, I believe. Um, so I'll only close with this one. John 14, 13 says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. Whew. I don't know. Maybe I need to do another another episode on the topic of prayer. <laughs> so bottom line, what's my, what's my encouragement? What's my thought on this particular podcast? Does prayer work? I think it works for our own um, our own minds to be actively connecting and aligning ourselves with the divine. But do I think prayer works? No, I do not think it works in the sense of I pray and ask God for this and God is obligated to give it to me. Why? Because I prayed in faith. Nope. Clearly that's not how it operates. But prayer nonetheless is something that I think that we should do. It's something that does have value. God bless. Have a great day. Peace. Mm-hmm.